This is Leisha Holmes and I'm your host on the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast brought to you by Hoxo Media and I'm so excited to welcome to our channels today uh, a lady who I've got huge admiration for, for the many, many um, hats she, that, that she wears, but also just because she's been a, a fantastic supporter of our channels too. Welcome to you today, Sandra Patel-Stewart, who is the CEO and founder of Transition Partners, is also a fellow host on, a, on her own podcast, which is Let's Talk Leadership, which I know you're going to talk to us about, and is a DNI ally. So many hats there. Welcome to you today. How are you? Hi, Amber, thank you. Thank you for having me. I know we've talked about this for, for a while now and obviously it's um, taken a bit of time to, to get it booked in, but um, I'm looking forward to this. Yeah, me too. And as we record this, we're, we're sort of heading towards hopefully the last weeks of uh, lockdown three. I think part of the challenges have been uh, the juggle, the juggle of... Uh, being working mums as well as everything else but thank you so much but so for those who aren't yet familiar with your businesses what do you do yeah yeah of course so um so as you said Sandra Patel Stewart I'm CEO and founder of a company called Transition Partners Um, I've got 19 years recruitment experience now I'm 40 this year um, although I keep getting told that I don't look anywhere near it you really don't look <laughs> it at all you look fantastic um, <laughs> Thank you. I can't believe I've been in recruitment for this long and, and still survived, um, if I'm honest. But um, and it hasn't come without its challenges. It's been a very rocky road, um, which I'm sure we'll go into um, at some point on this um, on this channel. Um, but I um, so we're coming to our 10 years at Transition Partners now. Um, and we specialise in um, permanent contract recruitment within the tech technology sector, digital, um, bit of business change, transformation, but mainly more recently on the tech and digital side across the UK and um, internationally um, as well. So we opened up an office in Berlin almost coming up to three years I think yeah I think it's coming up to three years this summer um which has been going really really well um and we are looking to expand in other um areas as well um as and when we can fantastic well it's a great sector to be part of and yeah you definitely don't look like you've, you've spent more than a couple of years in recruitment never mind <laughs> so we'll I think we'll have to do a I'm hiding all the grey hairs well, and and all the <laughs> you look fantastic you do look fantastic You've got really high energy and you know I'm, I'm just really really excited to get to know you better and I think the topic today is, is one that might shock people because it's not necessarily something that gets talked about but when you we've sort of talked about potential topics this was one that I just thought yes because it's just never, I've never seen or heard of anybody talking about this before in a recruitment context. So we're going to talk about underdogs and being an underdog. Yeah. So just give us some context then. What's, you know, what's your background, for example, and then let, let's introduce the topic. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, I guess one thing I'll start with is I was, I was thinking about this last night and I know obviously you sent me a few questions beforehand and, you know, you said it might go off piece and, and obviously I run my own podcast and, and I run a couple of vlogs as well. And, um, you know, so I know that these things can go a bit off piece. It's a bit, it, it's weird being on the other, on the other side as well, actually. Um, and I thought, and usually with anything like this or an event, I, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm on a number of panels and things for events and things. Usually I'll think about the questions and I'll prepare answers. And I think, and I just thought, you know what? Uh, that's not me I'm and and because this is the underdog as well I was like well I'm just I am what you see is what you get mm-hmm. which often gets me into trouble which often lands me <laughs> in sticky situations um you know and I quite often regret 
you know some of the things and and you know situations that I've been in but I guess it's how you move on from that and what you learn from that um so I thought right I'm just going to be me I'm going to be open and honest so everyone today is going to hear whether, whether they like it or not the real me um and um you know in terms of your question about my background so how far do you want me to go back with background by the way well just what contextualize it our audience is recruiters aspiring leaders and people that run companies like you do so I think it's important yeah. to give it some chronological order because it's important yeah to topic. yeah okay so um so I went to university in Manchester I'm, I'm a northerner um, Yorkshire born and bred. I was born in born in Bradford. Um, to university and did a business IT degree. Um, I had no idea what I wanted to do, but I knew I wanted a career. Um, I'd always been brought up by um, my parents, particularly my dad, um, that was very very heavy, heavily pushed um, education, and you know it was always kind of you need to go to, you need to see everything through, you need to go to uni to get a good job, to earn a decent living, um, and that's what you need to do to be happy and successful. Um, happiness, I was always taught happiness came from um, money. If you didn't have money, you wouldn't be happy. Um, so that had that kind of drummed into me, and you know, whilst I don't agree with that at the time, because I was obviously so young, it's all I knew. Mm. Um, so I was very, very, I was pushed and pushed and pushed and pushed to my limit. My dad has had and has very high expectations. Um, so I kind of felt like I had a lot to prove. Um, and I was like, right, okay, what am I going to do? So I finished uni, I got a T1. Um, and I applied for loads of graduate schemes and I couldn't get on anything. I really couldn't get anything. So I felt like a bit of a failure. I was just like, what am I going to do? I've, you know, I need to prove some, prove to my dad that I can do it. Um, and I, just, I don't know what to do. So I was working part time um, for T-Mobile back then um in um, in the Trafford Centre, just on the shop floor. And my manager at the time said, have you thought about recruitment? Because you like sales, like you're good at sales, you're good with people. And I was like, no, I just thought recruitment was one of those jobs where people just walk in off the street and say, have you got any jobs for me? I was like, I never really saw it as a career or, you know, and this, this was in 2001. Um, so, you know, obviously quite a long time ago. And, um, and that was it. I, I started looking into it, I applied for recruitment jobs, had three or four inter serious interviews, like final interviews. Um, I was offered a job as a resourcer. So I started as a resourcer. Um, and I did that for about nine months to a year. I had quite a difficult start, um, if I'm honest, because I'd... And, I think a lot of recruiters have this start, which is a shame because I went from a few different teams mm. due to internal issues at the time. Um, so I had different managers and I didn't really have any consistency. And back then I was like, right, here's a job. Here's your computer. Here's your phone. Go away and find me three or four CVs for this job. And I was like, I remember my first job. It was a web designer. And I was like, oh my God, what am I looking for? What do I do? <laughs> But I just went for, for, for the pre, for the LinkedIn generation. This is before LinkedIn was even in. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. Before, way before LinkedIn, and it was you know searching job boards, ringing, you know, high, very high volume of calls, mm. um, and really kind of like kind of trolling and fact trying to find work really hard to find candidates. Only obviously, it's still really hard now, but just in different different ways. 
Um, and um, yeah, so I just, uh, it was a bit of a tricky kind of start in recruitment for me. And I really wanted to do sales um, and I was stuck doing a resource role for about a year. Um, and I was picking up all these leads, but I wasn't allowed to follow up the leads myself. Um, so I just started working, putting more into it. I was working, I was getting into work at like seven, half seven, um, finishing at like half seven, eight. I'd take, C- I'd used to print CVs off, take them home with me. I bought books, like I did anything and everything that I could to become better quicker. Um, and then I moved on. Um, moved on to a company called Computer People. I was with them for about five years, five, six years. And that's when my career started to really kind of flourish. Um, spent, I went straight into a contract 360 role, which was really, really fucking hard, really hard. And I'll be honest, I was not successful at it. I did it for six to nine months and I was not very good at all. Um, I think I made about two or three placements and I really, really struggled. And I was just really starting to question whether I had it, whether I could do it. Um, and and I was off sick for a bit. Like I was really stressed because I'm one of those that I put it all on myself. Yeah. Um, and then one of probably like my favourite all-time bosses that I'll never forget was a guy called Andrew Wadsworth I still speak to him every now and then um, and he was like come back and come and work with me on the perm team so I did and ever since then I've never looked back and I've just got I've just gone up 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 and opened you know I was winning like um back then they did like um top 10 they did like newcomer and rising star and top 10 um sales consultants etc and I went to Vegas went to India um you know went on all the trips and things like that and I had a great 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 time um and then after then I worked for a few other businesses I worked for Harvey Nash did a couple of years there I worked for a couple of smaller companies went to iSource went to a company called Neon where I set up technology for them because they were in FMCG um, and I'd always, along the way, I'd always thought about setting up my own business because my dad's a businessman. My dad um, came to England and set his business up. Um, and I'd always thought about it, but I just didn't have the, I didn't have the balls, I'll be really honest. I didn't have the guts and the the balls to do it by myself. Um, and then um, I'd been approached by... Um, a company that set up a company called Larson Group that set up experienced recruiters kind of like as contractors as like freelance or associate directors and I was considering that and I I didn't I pushed it off pushed it kind of back for a year or so and then um they I kept in touch with the guys that owned the business back then um and um I tried something else for a bit and I thought actually I'm gonna do it and I just did it time as any my husband did it at the same time. So we're both doing it at the same time. Oh my God, it was the most stressful time ever. Nine months of, I gave my car back. Um, had a really nice car and I gave that back. I, I remember it was near Christmas and I had to say to all my friends and family, I normally spend like decent amount of money on you guys, but I'm just, I haven't got it now. I'm going to have to cut back. It was so hard starting again. Blood, sweat and tears went into it. Lots of long hours, weekends. Um, you know, it was really, really hard. And and then since then, we've just, um, yeah, just flourished and grown. We we moved away from the Larson Group about four or five years in. 
Um, Ellie Greeney um, joined me as a resourcer um, and Emma um, Emma Alston, who was known as Hans Hansen then, um, Emma Alston, she um, joined me as well quite early on and they've both been really, really instrumental in going Transition Partners. Without them, and particularly without Ellie, we wouldn't be where we are today. Um, you know, they both together gave me that support and that confidence that we could do this and we yeah. could do it together. Oh, wow. Um, so, yeah, hopefully. Well, I think I feel like I rambled on a little not bit. At all. No, so it's, much, it's 20 years to try and fit well, into. Well, it'd be like someone asking me. I love that sliding door moment with Andy Wadsworth. We'll definitely tag, make sure these people are tagged. Yeah, um, yeah. And I love the fact that, you know, you, you, you show such openness and honesty about your journey. And I think there's going to be a lot of people listening because most people listen I mean we're recording it so people can watch if they want yeah. people be listening nodding to so many things that and you know before we move on to the underdog part it's so you know that first few months we hear that all the time as Rector X where people have sort of almost been plonked and then you move and then you move and it's you can't build your momentum so there's so many lessons there for people to go that you've got to make sure that you harness people and actually what Andy saw in you was that you weren't a great contract recruiter but you're a bloody good perm recruiter so it's brilliant it's, it's really insightful so in terms of this underdog so why do you do, why do you feel you are and, and and then from that point of view when you're looking at people you hire into your business now do you secretly look for underdogs to bring in we interrupt this episode of the recruiters recruitment podcast to bring you a message from our wonderful sponsors over at hoxo media now recruitment agencies invest heavily in linkedin licenses because ultimately it's where we're all at. Given that we spend an average one to two hours a day on our phones, the rest of the time is spent scrolling through LinkedIn, looking for unicorn candidates and target clients. Now, if we look at the recruitment training programs that are available, they tend to be focused around outbound phone sales and leadership skills. So how do you, our listener, maximize the huge investment of time and money that is spent on LinkedIn? Well, this is where Hoxo Media is solving this problem for hundreds of recruitment agencies, and we want to share this message with you. Their academy program allows recruiters across the globe being coached in how to optimize their LinkedIn profile, creating daily habits for building out that unbelievable audience, that target audience, where they're producing their own valuable content that engages the right people and ultimately drives content into inbound sales conversations. As I mentioned, they're working with hundreds of recruitment agencies, and there are over 300 recruiters every month enrolling on the academy, which enables them to increase their knowledge in how to basically develop the best content and maximize the results from LinkedIn. And to be honest with you, the testimonies have been absolutely incredible. So by enrolling in the academy with just one single payment, you can train your entire business for 12 months, which is why I'm so excited to share this message with you, our listener. So if you're a traditional recruiter like me, and you're an owner of a business, or you've got teams working for you who rely on outbound calls to attract clients and candidates, then really, you do need to listen to this message and get in touch. You might find that you are using LinkedIn, but perhaps just for sharing jobs on there and you struggle generally for um, original content ideas and ultimately the confidence to actually know what is going to be good content for driving that inbound business. So I would love you to speak to Hoxo Media. Drop me a DM either on the link on this message on this episode 
or send me a WhatsApp and I can give you more information on how your agency can benefit from joining this program. Enjoy the rest of the episode. Yes, it's a good question, is that? Um, because I, I've always, yeah, probably secretly always looked to, and I think, and I think it's quite a common trait in in us kind of like salespeople and, and recruiters, is that you do generally look for people who are like minded, mm-hmm. um, who you know, when I've interviewed and tried to attract talent. Um, some of the questions I've asked um, have always been based around understanding their backgrounds and and their you know their how they've been brought up, what their family do, what their brothers, sisters, siblings, etc. Um, to really understand whether they've got something to prove because that's what that's what's worked for me and that's what's driven me and I'm I'm actually as much as I didn't have a great upbringing, I've missed out on a lot. But at the same time, I did, you know, like there's there's kind of pros and cons. And I wouldn't be where I am today if my dad didn't push me as much as he did. But he has pushed me really bloody hard. Do you you think that it is nature or nurture to make you the person that you are? I strongly believe in um, nurture. Um, I do strongly believe in nurture. um, But I also believe in allowing um, you know, I, I I believe that that's how my route is. You know, my journey has gone, um, and and I do believe in it. But I also, I mean, I've got a son myself; he's six nearly, um, and I'm obviously going to nurture in the in the way that I believe I need to nurture. But at the same time, I want to allow him to have that freedom to make his own decisions and create his own path and mm-hmm. um you know I know he's only young and some people might think well he's only he's only five and a bit he's you know six in a couple of months and but the way that I'm trying to um mother him and 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 grow you know allow him to grow up is is really help him to feel empowered and like he's making some of these decisions even now you know I'm well what do you want to do what do you think we should do where do you think we should go this weekend what time would you like to go to the park today um you know um, and I've learned that through and another person actually we should tag and and I have a personal coach um and I've needed one along along the years after everything that I've kind of been through and um she's um she specializes in working with children she's called Libby um I can't remember a full she's got a double barrel surname and I can't remember that I'll give you it after so we can tag her and she's been absolutely amazing and instrumental in helping me in work out of work um sorry I know we're going a bit off piece here now (laughs) it's really important I think having a coach having a mentor in your life is really really important and I do just want to pick up on what you've said there that empowered mindset because for those who are listening who are aspiring leaders or maybe are being managed in a non-empowering way, it's it's the only way. And we talked off camera about parenting. You know, I've got my, my children are obviously a lot older than yours and they're, they're 16 and nearly 14. I've always brought them up in an empowered way because that's how I manage. I empower, you know, you've you obviously deal with Shannon over in Leeds. You know, she I've let her run. She, she was employed as my resourcer. And within about a week, I was like, I'm just going to let her do 360 because she clearly has got the capability. That's an empowered style. And I think I really subscribe to everything that you're saying there about underdog. I think in recruitment, it doesn't matter whether you're you're recruiting a web designer as you were or whether you're recruiting a a CTO. 
understanding somebody's journey and understanding where someone's come from in terms of mindset, whether they're the underdog or whether they've come from a privileged background, what makes them who they are is actually the fabric of what will make the DNA of your business. So I think it's such an important... And why don't more leaders, you know, this whole competency-based and psychometric profile is all good, but actually what you do, I think, is why this topic's so important. We talk, we talked about this, didn't we, actually, when it's just reminded me when we spoke in, um, was it January, um, and we were talking about, obviously, we were using you guys to help us grow and and um, and recruit at the moment. And and that's, you know, that for me has always been really important when, when interviewing. My style is very much kind of more personality based and really getting to know and understand that person, um, you know, because I do believe that um people at the end of the day people buy from people and if you're a likable person and you're genuine and you're open and honest I mean our values as a business we're very very open and honest and and transparent um and they're the sorts of people that I like to hire that I you know that are nice genuine people yeah um because for me it's what makes it's what makes me feel as well happier coming into work being surrounded by these people these like-minded um people you know rather than kind of situational based interviewing or competency based and um you know or, or doing all these psychometric tests and things you we do I'll be honest I mean we we have used them and we do use yeah. some of them yeah. but they're more personality based led than yeah. anything else I think I think doing skills assessment I, I, and it depends on I mean, we're talking about recruitment to so recruitment I said you know it's very important to make sure we, we have that as a caveat we're not saying don't use that as part of your selection process 100% it's it's an aid isn't it to use during the process and yeah. you know what going back to when I was interviewed when I first got into recruitment um one company um and I st- I'm not going to mention the no. name of the person because I still and the, the the name of the person is um is is um is very well known in the industry and I still speak to him every now and then he declined me for a while because he said I wasn't money motivated enough um and you know it's just interesting because you can you if you base your decision on things like that you can often quite miss out on some really really good people and but then I guess on the flip side there have been situations and times where you know we're all human we all get things wrong I've made you know some some bad decisions bad hiring decisions um previously and and I'm one thing that I'm quite kind of guilty of is I tend to go with my heart quite a bit like if you know, I want I want to help people, and um, I'm very big on um, anxiety, helping people with anxiety and mental yeah. health and depression. And you know, we're a very as a business, we're a very supportive um, business from that point of view. So I tend to, if if anybody opens up to me from that point of view in an interview or or within the business, yeah. I'm straight there trying right, to help uh, them. Yeah. I'll give anyone a job any day for, to help them from that point of view. And, you know, sometimes that doesn't necessarily mean that this is the right environment or the right role for them. But you're part of that journey. And I think it's, you know, seeing that as part of your sort of human element. And I know we talked on, off camera about the mental health side. And I, th- I mean, that's a whole different topic in itself. But actually yeah. getting to understand <laughs> what someone's drivers are is what's going to bring out the best of them. And I think far too many people use just CVs or LinkedIn profiles and just go, oh, well, they've worked here, they must be good. And there's a there's a huge level of assumption. But actually, I think, 
I mean, look, I, I would I class myself as an underdog? Definitely. You know, I was very different context to your upbringing, but I'm particularly driven by people's motivators because I don't think there's anything right or wrong. There is no right or wrong mm. answer, but understanding what makes somebody tick, you know, for me, to me, for me, it's the job. It's actually doing the job. It's getting the job done. You know, we've talked about, obviously we both know Shannon. Shannon is not particularly money motivated, but she is so fastidious in the process. It's about getting the right person to the right role. Yeah, exactly. Like, I, um, you know, one of our, one of our really kind of strong account, account managers, I know, um, I've worked closely with her for about a year now. And, yeah. and for her, it's, it's doing the best that she can do for yeah. her clients and knowing yeah. she's done a really good job. Yeah. Um, you know, and and it's been for it's been the same for me for years. It's yeah, okay. I'll be honest. I got into this job and the career for money because I wanted to prove to my dad that I could do well. And in his eyes, success was earning lots of money. Um, you know, and, and a status which, which thing. Recruitment and, is a great vehicle for earning lots of money, but actually, I think you know, recruitment has evolved as an industry. We've been in it a similar amount of time. I'm 23 years this year. And it was very much in the 90s. It was about earning money. It was about cash. It was, you know, the OT, 100K. It wasn't about yeah. becoming, a, you know, an industry champion. Becoming, yeah. you know, if you think about our profiles now on LinkedIn, can you imagine writing that 20 years ago? People would have gone, what are you talking about? What's DNA? I know, exactly. It's, that's it's, it. But actually, that's, it's so important that we get people like you into this channel because re regardless of what sector you're in, our industry is a professional services sector it's multi-billion pound sector and we are creating jobs we are job creation and the whole employment sector is down to the survival of recruiters doing the best job they can and I just think you know you, I knew you'd be high energy and I knew you'd be absolutely <laughs> and, I, and I love that you've shared a lot of your personal stories so one final question is is your dad mm -hmm. proud of you and does your dad understand what you do for a living because my parents still don't understand what I do for a living he doesn't quite understand what I do. Um, I think he is proud of me. Um, unfortunately, he hasn't ever said that to me, but I know that he has to my brother. Um, and my brother, um, you know, quite often tries to reassure me and remind me that he is. Um, but you know what the important thing is, is that um, I'm in a good place now. And, I've, you know, we've, I've gone on that journey and it's it's been a, a difficult one. Um, but I do this now not for him, not for me. I do this to um, do the right thing. Um, and, and our business is, has been built um, around my values and ethics. And, um, you know, it's not about quick wins and quick fees and high fees. Um, it's about doing the right thing, being open and honest, transparent, um, and enjoying it as well. I oh, still fun. absolutely, 20 years in, I absolutely still love it. Um, don't know if I mentioned to you before, but I've been on a sabbatical um, and I'm I'm missing it so much. <laughs> can't wait to get back. Um, well, good yeah, to see you. You know, I think you should be you should be proud of yourself. And I I actually think that underdogs very often it, you can sort of get under the skin of why they feel that they're underdogs. Where, where are they coming from in the context of their personal upbringing, etc. But actually, it, you'll find that they're very driven by themselves, and they look yeah, hundred percent by themselves. I don't look for, I don't seek any approval from anybody else. I seek it from no. me. I do for me but and I don't think when you asked me that question I was a bit like oh can I say that I'm actually proud of myself and I don't think yeah. I, I don't think underdogs do really they do they like you, um, I don't know have you ever said that to yourself like do you feel I have over the last year over the you? last year yeah I never probably would have done it before because I'm, I'm not into this whole self I try to get really embarrassed with you know I've been on the other side like you are today where 
and I and I know then I should share on behalf of those people that have taken time to interview me but I'm almost a bit embarrassed to because I've got yeah. that's a whole different topic but I do I do pat myself on the back with what I've achieved over the last year just the fact that I've maintained positive energy I've still kept a roof over my daughter's heads I've still got a business that's viable and made profit you know I know that the podcast is enjoyed by you know it's, thousands of people. yeah you've you've done some great work all the branding and that I mean that's how I came across you in um you know when I was looking for podcasts and I and I found yours and I was like this was before you joined up with Hoxo and I was like this is great this is refreshing Listen, I've interviewed some amazing people and you know some are really massive names and some haven't been but they're just it, I do feel and that's you know why I was so desperate to get you on today you know I just for me it's you will everyone that's listening and whether you're a recruiter or not you'll take something away from today's conversation even if it's just knowing Hopefully. you're not going to go oh absolutely yeah. oh something yeah. a delight so tell, us, tell, us, tell, us, tell, us, tell us about your podcast then what's your podcast let's talk leadership what's it all about yes um so let's talk leadership we set up ellie and i set that up um about ju- just before a couple of months before we went into lockdown actually just a couple of months before covid hit and um but it's been great it's we've had some amazing tech leaders and uh, non-tech leaders it's all about leadership um within our industry and um we've had some amazing brands on some amazing leaders that are very well known um and again it's it's with the hope that we can just give back um you know leadership for me is i i have got so many leadership um trying to think of the word i've got it wrong so many times um hopefully i've got it right sometimes as well um and you know but for me leadership it was it was an idea that i had um and i asked ellie to do it with me because i'm not that confident when it comes to podcasts and things like that so ellie and i do it together and because she's brilliant um and we just we we're together we're great on the podcast um and i wanted to do it to be able to give back to those people that are aspiring to become great leaders because you can't you know there's never you can never know everything and you can never get everything right as a leader you're always learning um and um yeah so I've had positive feedback I really do hope that it is helping our community I'm sure I'm I'm absolutely I have no doubt about it we'll make sure that when we share this uh, we'll make sure there's links to that as well. And oh, uh, thank you. you have, you've been very inspiring. I just love your vulnerability, your openness, <laughs> your energy, and we love partnering you. And I know that Shannon will want me to say, you know, thanks for everything you've done to support her. And without her, this podcast wouldn't be possible because I literally no. record it with me. She does everything else on the podcast. Oh, she's brilliant. She's yeah, no, she's fantastic to work with. Yeah, she is. That's lovely to hear. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. And we look forward to hearing from you again. You're welcome. Thank you. Thank you.